Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our lovely main show. Uh, This is what we do here on Wednesdays. We get the main show rolled out for you. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd mom, Megan. And today we are doing something different and special uh, for our main show. Uh, I am. We all are. Everyone's unique. Yep. Except you, unique. If your name is Unique. Be nice to Unique. She's had a hard life. Um, so normally what we do for Wednesdays is that's when we take the biggest of uh, topics and ideas and kind of just sit down and chat about it and talk about it. Uh, we may take one or two big ideas, but for the most part... We have a very small dog outside of our apartment. This is the delights of living in an apartment. Yep, you hear everything. You hear everything. We have tap dancing upstairs neighbors. We have a small Pomeranian dog who lives right next to us. Just yeah. the loveliest. The best. Um, so what and, do we got? Huh? So what do we got, John? Uh, so uh, we're kind of doing what we would normally do on a main show, except the topic uh, is different in um, that we're kind of previewing something that's going to become exclusive following this episode. Mm -hmm. So what this episode is and what it's about is uh, it's the beginning of a series we're calling 10 things we love about blank. Um, We've talked about doing this episode or or, or this series for Patreon as an exclusive, as as something available to those who um, contribute uh, to our Patreon. Uh, and, And what it is, is you get five things and I get five things and together that makes 10 things um, that we love about various Star Wars things. Uh, If you've read the title of today's episode, then you'll know that today's episode is about the 2003 original Clone Wars series. We've talked about this uh, at the beginning of our Clone Wars rewatch. And so this will be kind of a time where we look back at it and just pick our major highlights um, our, our big favorites of the entire series and just list them out. Yeah. Um, following this, uh, what it'll look like on Patreon is we'll do 10 things we love about the Phantom Menace, 10 things we love about Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. so forth and so on with all of the films. They won't be reviews or, you know, full depth, deep dives. It'll just be our 10 things collectively that we love the most about this thing. Yes. Um, We're going to keep it absolutely positive. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is that, you know, It's not to say that everything we list is all the good that there is, nor is it to say that um, we're trying to make up and make it out as all positive. You no, know, we're just picking our favorite things to talk about about these things mm-hmm. um, and uh, just create a new show, something exclusive, um, as a thank you and as a um, gift to uh, those who contribute to our Patreon. Um, you know, just something for you to have extra out of Nerd Herder for, for your gift. Um, but in order to kind of 
pilot that, we wanted to introduce it here. I'm a pilot, you know. No, you're not. <laughs> um, could be. You could be, but you're not. Um, so, so yeah, so we'll do the films. We've talked about eventually maybe doing the different Clone War seasons. So Clone Wars season one, two, three, four, you know, um, various things. Uh, mm -hmm. But essentially we'll be just looking at pretty much the major, you know, Star Wars content and just picking our 10 favorite things uh, about that thing. Um, so, yeah, the big idea is focusing on our favorite, uh, our favorites and the positivity of um, that thing. Again, it's not going to be a full review, um, and it's not going to be, you know, that it'll be a whole different thing from the commentaries that we're planning to do for uh, Patreon as well. If you didn't know, that's another exclusive thing that'll be on Patreon is um, for every $35 we raise, we'll do a commentary of one of the films. Yeah. So um, if you want to know more about our Patreon goodies and what's available, you can find us on Patreon at NerdHerderCast. Um, you can also look on our Twitter. We uploaded an image, uh, just a couple of bullet points of some of the things that will be available to everyone who just follows uh, and also uh, some of the exclusives that will be there. Um, so you can check that out, and hopefully between – this episode and uh, all that information, it'll help you to decide whether or not uh, giving us a dollar a month would be uh, worth it to you and something you would like to do. Um, you know, we would certainly uh, greatly appreciate any support uh, that anyone could give. We do appreciate um, the support that we already have through Patreon, which is uh, great. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're just looking to grow that. And in order to grow that, we thought we would create some special content. Yeah. And this is the preview. This is the the pilot of the series. It's a squeakle. Um, no. Okay. I, I appreciate your little squeaky pun thing, but no. That's what the uh, second um, Alvin Chipmunks movie was called, the squeakle. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. <laughs> And heard leader John all of the uh, screen grabs that I know you have from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Our, our herd watches good movies. Thank you very much. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> well, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into it about our 10 favorite things about the Clone Wars. And let's go. All right. So. Um, what we'll do is we'll just kind of alternate uh, between each other uh, down our list of our uh, it, my five things, your five things. That's the big thing. We're about the math. Yes. I have five, you have five. That makes ten. Math. Yes. Don't do math, kids. Do um, math. So rather than both of us coming up with a really long list of top tens, and since ten is a lot to manage in terms of ranking – thought the easier thing would be to split it in half. I, I come up with five, you come up with five. Mm -hmm. Not in any huge particular order. I would say the only definites are that our number ones are number one and our number fives are number fives. The others just kind of fall in between. Yes. That's how I made my list. Exactly. Me too. Okay. So um, starting with mine, we'll start with my number five. And my number five is Anakin's spirit journey and dark side moments. Yes. 
So um, one thing I really appreciated the show for and what I thought uh, it did well, and, and I just love in general uh, in this show and the um, 2008 Clone Wars, I love those moments where we get to see Anakin kind of pushing the line of the light side and of the Jedi in him. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to see how things aren't as okay as they maybe should be. And, you know, you can blame that on the Jedi Order. You can blame that on Obi-Wan, Anakin, whatever. You know, it, it's not necessarily about placing blame. It's just about seeing the cracks in the in his character, in his, in his person. Yeah. Um, and I think this show uh, did that really well. Um especially in uh, the first season in the chapters dealing with his battle with Asajj Ventress, mm-hmm. um, especially the climax, spoiler alert, you know, he seemingly kills her, casts her down a chasm, but of course we know she does come back. Um, but uh, yeah, that that whole battle and, and the eerie kind of red color, they're, they're battling on Yavin, and so the moon there casts a very red glow. And then of course uh, he gets his hands on one of her red lightsabers. All of that. It does that beautiful light side, dark side contrast that they were going for in episode two when Anakin and Dooku are dueling. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just see them both flashing with the, uh, the blue and red kind of style. You know, you're, you're going for that kind of light side, dark side uh, color coding. Yeah, they do that very well. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, it was done very well here and the cool kind of intermittent cuts of, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Yoda, you know, all in that very, you know, worried, judgy look of, oh goodness, you know, (laughs) uh, as he's attacking Ventress, all of that, I just, I really love, um, how it handles that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's really a, a good hint at what Luke would do later, but better in the terms of, you know, tapping into his emotions in order to better fight, um, but not to lose himself yeah. like Anakin does. Not killing anyone. Yeah. Or at least attempting not to. Just the bad guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and then of course, in, in the second season, um, he goes on this sort of spirit journey, uh, which is still a little weird. It's not nearly as good as <laughs> the Mortis arc, which listeners will know, but Megan, you won't. You'll get there. Spoilers. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely doesn't do that much, mm-hmm. but I think it does well with a little in terms of, you know, it's kind of predictive storytelling. It, it's sort of prophecy of, you know, he he taps into this power to save the ones he loves and ends up, you know, killing everyone he loves. Ironic. And then it um and then it overtakes him as well to the point that he's not even uh who he once was. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the the whole dialogue between him and Obi Wan at the end of, you know, him doubting that the 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 tribesmen could ever go back to the way they were, you know, it, it kind of mirrors how his mindset as Vader, where it's like, you know, it, when he talks to his son and says, you know, it's too late for me, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he very much has that mindset of, 
you know, I, there's there's no coming back from this. There there's no way anyone could take me back after this. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do love uh, Obi Wan's line at the end where he kind of tells him, you know, it it's only set in stone if you put it there. It, it's only decided if you decide it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can still change these things. All all of that. I love anything that deals with Anakin's dark side. You know, kind of foreshadowing his fall and and his time as Vader and everything. Um, I think it's those things that make him, you know, both interesting and tragic. And I think they do that very well in what I've seen of the Clone Wars. Of like, it's foreshadowing. Like, you know, maybe you don't know what's coming, but at the same time. There's signs. You know exactly yeah, you, you see it along the way. You see, you see the, yeah, you see ha- the the pressure that's put on that eventually just all collapses. Yeah, you know from from one moment and one poor decision. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So, um, so yeah, my number five, Anakin's spirit journey and uh, and dark side moments. Um, I really, I really enjoyed those. Well. Speaking of number fives, my number five uh, for the original Clone Wars is the ships, mm-hmm. particularly the weird shapes of some of the ships. <laughs> like I, I absolutely love the way that the ships were designed in this series. I think that they were so unique, <laughs> mm-hmm. but in a good way. Like. Specifically, that one Geonosian ship that just looks like a clam with a pearl coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that one. Yeah. Um, I think it does definitely... I think this kind of lends itself to to Gendy's style. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the only... I can only think of a couple of ships that were specifically created by him. Yeah. Um, I know Ventress's ship, the, the, the one that's like a folding fan. Yes. I love that one. Um, I thought that one was really cool. Uh, I thought it, I thought it used the idea of sort of like a, a sail much better than Dooku's ship. Dooku's is the clam one that you're talking about. That kind of has this big sail that comes out of it, Mm -hmm. which I know it's meant to be that it doesn't use as much power and stuff like that. But it's also, it, I mean, it's interesting. It's definite. And, okay. you know, we see that in attack. Uh, uh, like I said, well, let me go back to, so the ones I think he created for the show or in, you know, it may not just be Gindy. Of course he was working with a few people, I'm sure. Yeah. But you had the solar fan one. Um, I think he, uh, yeah. I mean, he did the custom design of Anakin's ship. Yeah added the big old engines onto it and everything. Um, and I think the one clone troop transport, I think are all unique. And now also the V19 turrets, uh, mm-hmm. the clone ones that kind of look like T's. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think this is the first appearance of those as well. Yeah, so um yeah, I liked the I liked the different ship sequences. Oh yeah. Throughout. And it it really it lended something unique to when they did do like 
not just the space battles, but the ground battles too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's very, I don't know. what I don't know what it is. I just really liked the way that they were animated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the design was really cool. Yeah. I think they were, I think they were a little loose with the ships. I think they kind of just did. I think they did with the ships, what they did with a lot, honestly, where they just, they went, just went with it. <laughs> they went, yeah, they went with more of what was fun and cool mm-hmm. rather than being completely tied down to should it be able to do that? Would it really do that? Would it look like this? Yeah. You know, and I think it works. I mean, you could get hung up on it if you want, but I think at the end of the day, it is, I think it works mm-hmm. and that it is, um, and creates cool sequences, fun sequences, which is, you know, is what they were going for, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think for this kind of show, that triumphs over, I mean, when you've got five minutes to tell an episode story, you know, I think them going for fun and cool, uh, you know, focusing on the movement and uh, style of things more than anything, I think that, I think that was the best choice anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about ships? Uh, I like guns and ships <laughs> that make the balance shift. Um, I will say I did like, you know, they showed off Anakin's piloting in this. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, didn't really get that in the prequel, so I appreciate, you know, I talked about this a little bit before because I just, I enjoy, like I said, I, I like the ship battle sequences and everything, and I think he gets a good limelight of focus on his piloting and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, which was always made to be such a big deal. You know, he was the best pilot, I, which, you know, you could take that term to mean, like, that's just Obi-Wan's opinion. Anakin didn't have to actually be the best pilot. He could be a terrible pilot, and, and it's just Obi-Wan's opinion. Yeah. But I think we always assumed that he was telling the truth of, no, I've seen, I've seen your father do some crazy stuff. Yeah, it's just... Old Ben Kenobi watching uh, Luke out in the fields shooting a womp rats, mm-hmm. doing donuts on a speeder, falling off, mm-hmm. just being like, "Oh, yep, really that's Anakin's kid." Yeah, that's Anakin's kid. <laughs> Definitely. How many times do you think that Obi Wan saved Luke from dying? We're we're insinuated several. <laughs> I'm um, not surprised. Quite a few. Uh, he definitely had quite the guardian angel, that's for sure. Um, so, uh, my number four was music, the music of the show. Mm. Um, I thought that uh, what the show did uh, with music, especially in the first season when it depended on it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, I th- I think it was phenomenal it, it almost became its own element of storytelling um in how the music accentuated scene you know there wouldn't be a lot of dialogue um there wouldn't be a lot of um sound from different things going i mean they they definitely depended on sound as well but yeah. you know i think music became its own sort of storytelling character throughout the uh episodes um yeah. I mean, especially in the episodes, like, when Kit Festo is fighting an entire battle underwater. Mm-hmm. Like, 
there was absolutely no no dialogue in that. Episode. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you get the sounds of battle, but for the most part, you're getting the you know the sound of battle. I mean, you know, the different uh, blasters and things going on. I mean, you hear things, mm-hmm. but for the most part, um, the it's being filled in by that music and by that by that score. And and I think it did uh, very well with that. Especially, I always think of um, the scene when the uh, Ark troopers make it to the top of um, the gun emplacement, and mm-hmm. they're shooting and taking out the droids. And there's a scene when Captain Fordo is blasting droids, and every time a blast hits a droid, there's a symbol clash. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just gives that good accentuation of blash, blash, blash. You know, it it just does well to add to everything. Um, and, and so definitely, and uh, probably my favorite piece of music is the Grievous theme. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the theme that plays as he's taking on the Jedi, that very um, psycho-inspired, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it just, I mean, it evokes this very horror esque kind of uh character and sequence um you know it it definitely adds to making grievous very scary um you know i mean the fact that there's not a soundtrack that exists for this series makes me very sad it's 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 really um sad that that music um is kind of lost in everything like being able to just hear the music would be beautiful Mm -hmm. you know and Star Wars has always depended on music as an element of the story. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I think this captures that same spirit very, very well. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I loved the music of this. There's a, there's times when I find... There, if you go on YouTube, you can look up, you know, uh, 2003 Clone Wars Grievous theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find loops of it and... and um, there's about a five minute loop on there that uh, I, I listen to every now and then. I just get the the urge to hear it, um, and yeah, it's just a really good uh, good song uh, mm-hmm. or good score and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the large scale battles. I'm talking like the ground assault um, battles, but also you know. The space battles as well, which Star Wars has always been known for, having fantastic space battles. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think they're done so well. Like, the choice of... I I talked about this when I first saw it, but the, the contrast of the darkness of space with red billowing dust or... Uh, smoke coming from the ships mm-hmm. that is gorgeous I, yeah i love that they made that decision it really stands out oh yeah um i think that the couple of episodes that we had where they were um what what's the planet called which one the moon planet the moon the bank planet. oh the the um munalist munalist that makes sense yes um, the battles that took place on Munalist were absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah. Well, in, you know, in the fact that they're split over, um, 
several episodes, you know, you, you really get time to linger on all that's happening um, in the sequences and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I, I agree. I think the, I mentioned, you know, the, the, the uh, space battles, but definitely the, the ground battles do really well to capture the idea of war. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's on a major scale. It's, it's not just a few guys involved. Like, you know, I, yeah, I called it out in our review of saying, you know, they, they really overuse the amount of, you know, ships and troops, like, you know, I mean, way more than obviously, I mean, if I looked up, you know, how many gunships in a kilometer class, uh, cruiser could hold, I'm pretty sure it's not like 500 yeah. and it looks like 500 gunships are coming out of there, but it does give you this sense of scale. Like they're, they're really emphasizing this is huge. You know, oh, yeah. these, these are planet sieges. These aren't just going after little, um, you know, f- capture the flag mountains. These are, these are yeah. full conquest sieges. And I think the seeing that in, um, like the cityscape mm-hmm. was very interesting. Um, yeah. What, what am I talking about? It was beautiful imagery. Like, yeah, it, well, and, and I mean, you know, and that's just something you can say almost about any one scene throughout this is that, you know, they thought about the imagery. Mm-hmm. They thought about this, the, the, the scene of it, you know, they thought about if I just stood back and just looked at this as a single scene, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really put a lot of thought into it. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, we get more, I, I mean, in, um, in the second season, we get the beginnings of the battle of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got ground battle, you've got sky battle, you've got space battle, like mm-hmm. every area that could be involved is involved. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not only do you get several, I mean, you get Yoda using the force to bring down ships, you get Mace Windu piloting around, you get uh, Sassine Tin uh, leading troops uh, in space, you know, to take over a ship, like, mm-hmm. You know, you you get all of these beautifully tied together sequences, which kind of goes back to what we you know we were talking about with the ships, where it's like it clearly started with a "Wouldn't this be cool?" Yes, kind of idea, definitely. Um, but I think the thing is, they deliver. Yeah, I think they do a great job of like giving a sense of urgency to the situation, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's animation. <laughs> yeah. One, two. I mean, since. You know, with the Battle of Coruscant, we know how it ends. Or what? Well, I mean, well. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time this came this came out, we knew by then what how it ended. We we knew where it really ended. So even then, you're still kind of you know when you're watching this, you're still kind of on edge of you know watching these characters within the battle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it definitely go it, it definitely serves well to make you forget about knowing what how it's gonna end. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah. What's your top three? What was that? So uh yes, yeah, so number three I have uh character introductions. Mm-hmm. Um so for this one I'm kind of focusing on on um 
characters that were introduced for this series by, you know, by the series. They, uh, not so much characters we know, um, but new characters. So, uh, Asajj Ventress, Dirge, Grievous, which, you know, say what you will, but he, when he was introduced, he was new. You like, this was the tease of who you'd be seeing in Revenge of the Sith. So when he was introduced, he was new. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of those characters, you know, uniquely created in one. I mean, Grievous, Grievous is the only one not created specifically for the show. Yeah. You know, he was created for the film and then added into the show, but he was still introduced through the show. We also get Jedi like um, Falun Dama. Uh, we get Roran Korb. We get uh, Woolworth Mon. Um, all fan choice uh, additions, you know, and all unique Jedi. I mean, I remember them, you know, being some of my favorite parts about this series was the unique alien Jedi. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen an Ithorian Jedi. I'd never seen a Tall's Jedi. I'd never seen a Wolfman Jedi. Yeah. You know, so seeing that was really cool. Um, and to this day, some of the, like I said, some of the things I think of most about when I'm like, I kind of want to watch the Clone Wars again, uh, the 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 mini series. You know, I'm I'm thinking about those Jedi. I want to see those sequences where uh, Fowl and Roran are fighting the Magna Guards and escaping uh, Grievous. Um, I'm thinking about the scene where Grievous is fighting. Uh, five Jedi at once and slaughtering them. I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Dirge on his swoop bike with the, the IG Lancer droids. Uh, I'm thinking about Grievous, or not Grievous, uh, Ventress uh, fighting Anakin on the moon, you know, as I already mentioned. Like, not only are you introducing great characters, you're doing it really well. Yeah. Uh, you know, as for the villains they made the villains scary. You know, they made Ventress a threat. They treated her as something built up to be, you know, she could really be a challenge. And she was, you know, to Anakin. Yeah. Um, I think that whole forest scene where she's kind of picking the clones off one by one really created this very eerie and very, uh, suspenseful atmosphere. Yeah. You know, until, you know, that one shot of the clone just flying through the air. Yeah, like a boomerang. That was very funny. <laughs> uh, clone copter. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's very much this sort of hunter and prey kind of vibe. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's she's there out of nowhere. Um, you know, and her fight with Anakin is done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, then, you know, you have Dirge. Um, they don't give you a lot, of, uh, a lot of info on him. Um, they give you enough. He's a bounty hunter. Uh, he, you know, has ties to the Separatists. Um, and he can't be easily killed. No. He's the last five minutes of Akira. Right. And so, um, it, it, w- it was done so well to introduce this unique character. And I really wish... You know, Filoni talked about how he was going to introduce um, him to the Clone Wars, but that became Cad Bane instead. I really would have liked to see what Filoni would have done and how much of Dirge he would have kept the same and such. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I, I mean, Dirge is one of those. He just looks cool. He is cool kind of characters. I mean, I don't have much more about him than that. Of course, the comics expand a lot on both Ventress and Dirge mm-hmm. later on and give so many more Clone Wars stories than we probably would have had um, and such. And so they, they kind of develop their a life and following of their own, you know, so much so that Ventress comes back in the other series, mm-hmm. which, you know, at the time Filoni did that because he still treated the other series as canon. Um, but, you know, the, the, the influence that Filoni was like, yeah, I don't want her to die. I want her to come back. Yeah. Um, was really awesome. And then, I mean, um, like I said, the, the, the unique alien Jedi, uh, I loved. Um, I remember getting the figures of those guys and I still, I still have them somewhere. Um, and fell in love with them for no other reason than the novelty of they're not human. You know, they're, they're just different. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, the unique and interesting characters they introduced and brought into the series were, uh, were all done very, very well for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. My number three, kind of similar to what we've, I've been talking about. You'll notice a trend here, um, was the overall art style. Mm-hmm. I think like, I just, ugh. How much do I love the Gendy Tartakovsky's art style? Let me count the ways. <laughs> right, 1, so 000. much. Two thousand. No, um, I absolutely adore the art style in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so unique, and uh, it's the same art style that I love about like Samurai Jack mm-hmm. and the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Both of which Gibby Tartakovsky had his hand in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I just, oh, I love it so much. Um, it's got that very kind of angular industrial style mm-hmm. while also being very pretty and stylized, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, everything's a harsh line, but it's so fluid that you barely notice it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the art, the art of it was always one of my favorite things, and um, I, I, I enjoy the art of the Clone Wars, and I enjoy the art of the Rebels um, and whatnot. But like when I would draw Clone Wars stuff, it would always be a blend of the Gindi style and the Filoni style, mm-hmm. because I enjoyed what both brought. Um, but definitely Gindy's more stylized look was a lot more attractive. Um, and oh, yeah, definitely the, the Samurai Jack vibes really came through on that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the art is one of the biggest things to celebrate about this show. You know, there's so much great about this show, but, um, I think the art is, is probably its biggest, um, its biggest accolade, its, its biggest, um, good job. Yeah. Kind of thing. I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Anything about, else about the art? It's pretty, and I want animation cells. 
<laughs> get on. I, I'm sure you could get some. Probably. It's probably one of the last shows they kind of have that for, but. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it feels, it feels like a, a particular era of style. Oh, yeah. That's definitely. for sure. You know, it, it marks a certain period. Yeah, it looks hand-drawn, but also digital. Yeah, and um, so I think it's very of its time as well. You know, like you said, Samurai Jack, Clone, uh, uh, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, all of that. Oh, and um, Foster's Home. That's right. You know, all, all it, it was very of that era, for sure. So it, it really leaves a kind of a, a thumbprint uh, of its time. Um mm-hmm. Every time you, if every time you watch it, oh, definitely. Like we had some of the best animated shows. Mm-hmm. I will say that till I die. <laughs> yeah, we had we had good stuff. So, um, where are we? Number two, my number two. Um, so my number two was so I kind of got um, big with the ideas of the last few. Um, these are where it gets a little bit more focused in and specific. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I loved the, the arc troopers and I'll, I'll like, I'll grow this to just say the clone troopers in whole, but, um, you know, the arc troopers are heavily featured, you know, they, they, we follow them quite primarily through the, um, the first season. Mm-hmm. And then they make a resurgence in the uh, second season, in the the um, season premiere, and, and actually, so uh, I I I loved the the Arc Troopers. I, I couldn't give you a specific reason why. As a kid, I fell so uh, in love with them, mm-hmm. you know. But they're, you, you know, at the time, all we really had was the traditional clone, and then there was. Um, the different striped rankings. So the captain was red. The, I want to say sergeant was blue. And then the commander was yellow. And it was just simple stripe down the middle of the helmet, stripe on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you see these guys, they've got, you know, pauldrons. They've got the shoulder pauldron. They've got um, the waist capes, the car- the karmas. Like, you know... Uh, you've got uh, Fordo who dual wields like Django did. You've got these guys with guns that look bigger and badder than the other ones and shoot grenades. Like all together, these were the commandos. They, these were the big bad dudes. Um, you know, these were the Marines of the the clone troopers. And so, you know, they were they were really attractive in just that style alone. Um, but then they also got great sequences, great action sequences, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They got a really cool designed um, uh, lat uh, gunship, you know, the one with the, the sort of shark face on the front um, definitely made me think of like old A-10 warthogs who would, uh, that would have that design on the front of their ship, uh, their uh, plane. Um, so yeah, so they, I mean, they were just, they were really, really cool. Um and so, and I think they got great sequences um, between, you know, the, the assault on the uh, cannon in the first season and fighting Grievous in the second season. 
Yeah, I thought the ARC Troopers were... I remember I worked hard to get the ARC Trooper figure set. There there was a multi-pack of the figures where you got Fordo, you got um, two of the regular blue ARC Troopers, Mm -hmm. and then you got the quad cannon trooper, and you got the heavy cannon trooper. Um, And what? Are they over there? Huh? No, they're... All right. (laughs) They're in the box over there, but, but yes, no, I, I still have them. I, I mean, like I said, I worked hard to get those. They, they were very rare, very expensive to find on the secondhand market, but I eventually got in a bidding war on eBay years ago and finally acquired them. I always wanted the gunship. They had a gunship set of, of the, the theirs, the one with the shark face. Mm-hmm. I never got, I thought the cool, a YouTuber I used to follow um, actually had one and what he did to be able to display it. I always thought it was cool, but I also could never do it. He split it down the middle. He sawed it in half, straight down the middle, so that he could hang it on um, the wall. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he affixed it to the wall, and there was still enough width that he glued the troopers into place on either half that was on the wall. So it created a, a display shelf for him. Weird. Yeah, it was different. I, I don't know if I would ever make the conscious choice to saw off one of, you know, an expensive uh, toy in half, but uh, it, it was definitely unique. Uh, definitely had a very interesting, like, you know, it had shelf um, presence. It was very much like, oh, yeah, you know, it caught, it, it, it caught your eye. If you're a collector, you know, that that's, you don't just, you don't want to just put something on a, a shelf. You want to. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything with, Shelf presence. No, all of my figures are garbage. No, it's not that. It's just <laughs> you want something that you don't have to point it out. It points itself out. Gotcha. Like shelf presence just means that you don't have to introduce it. It introduces itself. It it says, hey, you, ask about me. Would you like to know about my clown Deadpool <laughs> that I bought off eBay? Your, your, um, your Funko Hellboy. Yes. That would be that that one has shelf presence, I Yes. Think. I absolutely love that one. It's so like kind of HP Lovecrafty. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I definitely think that's what it's going for. Oh yeah, definitely. Um Mike Mignola has cited his love for Lovecraft for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it looks like the, the cat's trying to give her give her ranking. Piglet, what's your top two? Piglet, Piglet. What's your two? Come here. What's your two? Did you just go number two? Probably. Yeah. Piglet, come here. <laughs> I know this is exactly what you want to hear, Herd. I'm sorry. <laughs> Content. Yes. Here, John, you watch philosophical while I get the cat. For the for the uninitiated, this is a part of almost. Almost every episode where our cat decides to join the podcast. Um, until we get proper separated recording space, this is uh, we go through this struggle every night. Give him a meow. Come here. No, no, they've got enough meows out of her. Her job is to lay down and be quiet now. Can I do that? Huh? Can I do that? After the show. Yay! All right. Um, so, number two. Number twos. Um, my number two is Shock T. Just yeah. as a character. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't think she's number two. I think she's pretty awesome in this, which is why I love her. Mm -hmm. She's probably my favorite character that speaks very few lines. Has maybe a few minutes of screen time here and there. But I think that she has... I mean, she... Yeah. I mean, she gets some pretty good screen time. I mean, she's pretty significant in the... At least in the last few episodes. Yeah, I mean, in in the second season, you know, she's significant in in oh, the, yeah. in the uh, act of you know the Chancellor escape. Oh yeah, kind of thing. And those episodes in general are just absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, like I mean, if we could just cut out the weird, you know, Navalian arc with Obi Wan and Anakin, and just make it about the Battle of Coruscant and uh, the uh, escape of the chancellor. I'd, I'd love the, the final episodes would be perfect. Like I said, yeah, they needed a reason to keep Obi-Wan and Anakin busy. And they came up with a weird story that also had ties to predicting his fall to the dark side. Yeah. You know, the, 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 his whole cave vision and that whole bit and his angry face as he's killing, um, techno union scientists. Also, Techno Union sounds like a sick uh, EDM band. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are the those are the redeemable moments of their their yeah. storyline. But I yeah, like Shock T really shines. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just it's so cool. She has such a presence about her. Like she's eight foot nothing, <laughs> including uh, her tentacles. Uh, I think she's tall. No, in my mind, she's tall. Let's let's check Wikipedia. A Wikipedia? <laughs> I meant to say Wikipedia. Apparently. I in my head canon, Shakti is at least like six foot four. That like, sounds a little more accurate. Yeah. At least as tall as Phasma. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't. Because I'm I'm <laughs> tired. <laughs> Shakti. Shakti is oh I'm trying to get it yeah. to work. Uh, but up, up. Yeah, I wish. I wish we had more female da, Jedi. Da, da, like I, da, I absolutely da, da, love um, Shakti. I love Luminara. What I've seen of her, like I just, I don't know what it is. I like alien female Jedi. She is six foot one inch. Oh well, I wasn't far off. I think total too. Total? I think yeah, I think that's total. It's like I'd imagine it's like. Um, like Rhett from Rhett and Link, like the hair adds at least a couple inches. <laughs> no, I think I think that's well. That's the thing. It's not hair. Yeah. That's her. Yeah, I know. So yeah, um, but the the head tentacles. Those much, much are like called that. montrails. Now I know. Yep. Yeah. What's what's her race? Uh, Togruta. Togruta. Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah. same as Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was so surprised with Shakti because mm-hmm. she was in the background in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and I knew her from um, the deleted scenes of Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think I saw until later. But I, I think you know, overall, I knew of her character enough to recognize her when she appeared, yeah. but obviously didn't expect what we got from her. Yeah. And in the uh, in the Clone Wars, the 
2008 series, I, I am kind of disappointed with, with what we got for Shakti so far. Well, I mean, it, it's disappointing because of what we got. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 because of this series, you know, you hope to see more of that, you know, strong warrior woman mm-hmm. kind of vibe. And yeah. instead you get the much more motherly kind of uh, teacher vibe. Yeah. Um, Which both also fantastic. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing to take for, from it is... Get you a girl who can do both. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they're both good appearances. They're just different yeah. appe- appearances and takes on the character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's very... She's very not front lines in the 2008 series, whereas she's, you know, quite the fighter in front in you know on front lines in um, the uh, this series. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, oh, Siri. I'm not talking to you, Siri. Siri. Um, what is a Star Wars? <laughs> uh, you know, and one thing I didn't mention, I somehow did not get it on my list I should have but you know choreography oh I think. yes absolutely and, and and she is certainly a highlight of that in um, the last few episodes when you know she loses her lightsaber and kind of fights like Jackie Chan for a little bit oh yeah and like I, how many times have I said to you I want just a scene where somebody throws down their lightsaber and just decks somebody in the face exactly yeah she I mean it's That's just what I want in episode nine <laughs> all very cool um, and I think she's one of the, one of the more established characters that benefited the most yeah. from appearing in this series. You know, I mean, of all characters, you could have picked Kit Fisto, you could have picked Sassine Tin, you could have picked Eeth Koth, you could have picked, you know, uh, any, you, I mean, you could have just gone with Mace Windu, you could have done any of that, but you, you chose Shakti, and I think that was both a surprise and you know, a blessing mm-hmm. um, because of what we got. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> What's your um, number one? My number one is Grievous. Yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned him with the whole character introduction thing, but I love him and he's so central to it um, to the effect that I thought he deserved to have his own place mm-hmm. in the ranking, to have his own bit of recognition. Um he, you know, everything I mentioned his music, everything from his introduction at the end of season one, um, the fact that, you know, and you can tell they clearly got some ideas from George, mm-hmm. but didn't have solid things. Yeah. You know, they, they, it was clearly very much like, here's what we got. Here's who he is. Here's what he looks like. There you go. Yeah. And I don't think they were banking on them doing anything to the effect that they'd have to cover it in um, the next series. Um, although I, I, I love the fact that they found out about, Oh, he's got a cough. We have to explain that. And, and, you know, they gave, they gave a reason for that other than the fact that, you know, he's just brains, eyes and lungs. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Windu attacks him and gives him that cough. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the way they handled his choreography, I mean, his dexterity of using every one of his limbs Mm -hmm. as a weapon and, you know, really, you know, they take that one scene where you see him kind of 
uh, somersault onto his bike. Yeah. Um, and almost like a spider kind of yeah. sequence. They really take that and just go with it. Oh, yeah, and, and incorporate, like, anytime we can have him using his feet and flipping around, do yeah. it. Like, I was, I, I told you this last night when we were watching Clone Wars. Dude has huge feet. Yeah. They're big feet. Yeah. Um, and, like, that whole scene in... Bleh. I don't remember which episode it is. It's the second series. Or it's the second season. Where he's just, like, hanging from the ceiling above the Jedis. And, like, they're freaking out. And then he drops. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's from that's from his introduction. Oh, right. Um... Yeah, I mean the whole the whole idea. They're like, "Oh, he's a Jedi killer." Okay, he collects lightsabers. He's got to be ruthless, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, like I said, they really they just went with it. I mean, he yeah. took a, so he took on Kiati Moody, Shakti, um, Kruk, Ali Sakura, uh, Shaggy, the other Syrian Jedi. Um. Yeah. So six Jedi. He took on. Yeah. I mean, technically, he took on five because he just squashed Shaggy, which in and of itself was a like he just he stepped on the dude and he died. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, it, so he took on five Jedi and squished the other one. I mean, yeah, dude, just OP as as all get out, mm-hmm. like just overpowered to the ends of. The, uh, I just. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and again, you underscore all of that fight with, um, you know, that very, you know, high violin squeal and, and, and all, all of that, those stereotypical horror trope music moments. And it just makes a very scary scene. You know, you're equal parts in awe of him and scared of him. And like, you know, him showing up and uh, giving chase to uh, the Jedi trying to get the chancellor to safety, Shakti and the others, mm-hmm. all of that really well done as well. And I mean, you know, even then that brings in his magna guards and whatnot. I yeah. Just, you know, if you want scary grievous, if you want, you know, slasher grievous, if you want grievous the way I wish he was commonly portrayed. Yeah. This is him. Yeah. You know, he's not the, I'll get you next time villain next time. that he becomes in the clone wars. He's not the all talk but no delivery um, that he is in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Here, he is a genuine, credible threat. You know, someone you should be afraid of. And, you know, they just do that very well. Yeah. And again, the, the choreography that goes into it, the animation that they take on to create these intricate, you know, movements of him. I mean, they make it so fluid and so quick. It's just so good. Such a good thing. Oh, yeah. Um, John, I have something to tell you. What? I changed my number one. Oh? Yes. Okay. My number one. What was your... Okay, well, let's let's cover... My original was... Yeah, let's cover the runner-up. Yes. Character design. Yeah. Which I believe I've talked to death the fact of how much I love the art design of the Clone Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. But I realized the reason why I love character design so much. Which is? Sassy Palpatine. (laughs) Um, Chancellor Palpatine is my number one on this list. (laughs) Just because of how he was portrayed in this series. (laughs) Like, 
Okay. Being carried on the back of a Jedi running to No, 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 not even carried no, not even carried not on even? the back. He's cradled. Oh, right. Like baby chi- baby Sheev. Yeah, baby Sheev. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag baby names. Like twenty eighteen. <laughs> um yeah, he's he doesn't even get the Yoda, he gets the baby cradle. Yeah. Just making comments on how things are going. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I love, you know, he really has fun with because he knows oh, he's in yeah. no danger. And he's just being a smart behind. Yeah, he. I mean, he's relishing it. He's like, oh, this yeah. is my plan coming together. Everything's going something, according to something plan. Dark side, um, something, something, something. <laughs> I love, I love when Grievous first shows up. You know, like there, you know, you get those stumps. As he's yeah. climbing up the building. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. And everybody's like, what's that? And, of course, Shakti's like, I know that sound. We've got to go. Yeah. And Chancellor's like, no, it stopped. It's nothing. I'm just going to enjoy the battle. We're far from we're, we're far from danger. We're fine. And then you get the, the awesome scene where Grievous just, like, uh, meerkats, like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> that and, whole sequence just makes the entire series for <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Palpatine goes and tells him off, like, listen yeah. here. Listen here, Sonny How Jim. dare you? Do you know who I am? And he's shaking his little brittle finger, just like... Which looks like if you shook it too hard, it would fall off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. this series and the clone, the 2008 series, they both make him look so frail. Yeah. You know, Ian McDermott was not that frail. No. Um, no, he was not. It was believable that he could, you know do the things he did in, in Revenge of the Sith fight like he did. Yeah. Um, like someone made the point, um, it was a while ago, like, um, Mace Windu should have been able to beat an old man, but like you have a man going, laying from a, a prone position, begging for his life to spitting and screaming at you. Like what you going to do, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what they expect. I mean, he clear. I mean, he came prepared. Yeah. But it, you know, I mean, I, 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 how can you prepare? Yeah. For a Sith Lord. It's just like this was not in the handbook. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to think. None of those Jedi had faced that. Like Mm-mm. they fought Grievous. They fought. Maybe some of them had fought Ventress, but for the most part, they'd been fighting yeah. droids. Well, to be honest, if I can get a little Harry Potterish around here. It's kind of like Order of the Phoenix, like training the kids without any intention of them having to actually face this threat. Yeah, not having to, de- like, you know, defense against yeah. the dark arts, you know. They're not taking it seriously. They're just, you won't have to defend against the dark arts. The, yeah. you know, the dark one won't come back. Yeah, because the Jedi were, they were operating under the impression that the Sith were gone. Right. They thought, you know, there's no way. The Jedi are too powerful there's no way they can come back. Yeah. And I think Surprise. I think Mace only held his own because he's just so powerful and oh, yeah. strong. Like it wasn't because he's been practicing for the Sith Lord, it's just because that's just his usual aggressive, you know, stature. Yeah. Um it it it's merely him being like, "Oh, I finally get a reason to be this aggressive." You know, um and so he only held his own out of sheer aggression, I think. And yeah. and the fact that he has a fighting style closest to that of uh, what Sith use. You know, he uses the same form. 
um, as that because it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Palpatine, he's hilarious in this. And I love when um, Grievous has him by the collar. He's lifted him off the ground. And, uh, you know, he's clearly not doing anything. But, you know, Shock T runs into the room and he's like, oh, you've come to save me. <laughs> um, like, oh, how delightful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Palpatine, they... I, it almost crosses the line of two on the nose with the with the sassiness and sarcasm, mm-hmm. but it still works. Oh, yeah. It's still hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if I would take it in a fe- feature film, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd love to... Uh, Ian McDermott could do it. Like, okay. You say that, but we watch Hannibal. And that's literally all... <laughs> that Hannibal does in that show is just like play on the fact that nobody knows he's a spoiler alert, a cannibal. Yeah. Well, but he's not that on the nose. No. Like he's not, he's not clearly enjoying, like he's, he's putting on a believable act Yeah. with, with Palpatine here. It's, it's very, it, you know, it's very suspicious the way he acts like he it, it's almost to the point you think he's daft like you're, yeah. you're almost like are you an idiot talking to grievous like that you don't know him but clearly the dude just walked up a building he's clearly eight foot something tall yeah you don't just talk to like you know I, it it's one of those things where he he's playing so much it almost seems like yeah. he almost seems like an idiot yeah it's one of those things like i think people were just like oh you're old for, or you know, for Hannibal, just like, oh, you're foreign. <laughs> <laughs> you're foreign. You're from Denmark. Uh, don't worry, he's just foreign. Um, he's building a tech store. Like with uh, with the um, Clone Wars episodes we watched recently, the Malevolence. Yeah. Um, in the first episode of the art, when you know he calls Anakin, and, or not even that, but when he's um, when Anakin's like, we lost contact with Plo Koon, you know, we should probably go after him. He's like, you know, you get this very sly dialogue where he's like, oh, but wouldn't that be a waste of resources? Haven't there, you know, been reports that there are never any survivors? Mm-hmm. You'd get out there and find nothing. You know, he's clearly playing and buying time for them to clean up any survivors. Yeah. But it's much more sly and it's much more believable. He's much more, I mean, it makes sense that there, there's never been uh survivors before why would there be now would you really want to waste your time go look for them yeah it it's much less on the nose of you know the 2000 but i i admit yes it, it's very fun and and, and enjoyable oh that's yeah, for that's sure that, that's, that's that's so that's it. that's it that's it that's your number one that's my number one chief palpatine oh Pal- right palpatine all right. Well, so hopefully um, you guys enjoyed some of the conversations, some of the uh, points. And if you watched the 2003 series, um, which I know a few of you were introduced to it for our rewatch, mm-hmm. um, we'd love to hear uh, what you thought. I mean, if you want to go as far as your top 10, that'd be awesome. But even if you just let us know your top two. Um, you know, what, whatever it is you enjoyed about, um, the 2003 Clone Wars series, we'd love to hear about it. Hopefully, like I said, you enjoyed our list. And if you did, um, and want to hear more, uh, lists like these, where we kind of just run down our favorites of, uh, a certain Star Wars 
uh, piece of content, then, like I said, you can head over to Patreon. And uh, if you become a Patreon at just $1 a month, um, then this will be a series that you will have access to each month. Um, so this is our 10 things we love about uh, series or uh, episode for this month. Next month, we'll have 10 things we love about The Phantom Menace. Yay! Um, so, and from there, we'll go in sequential order of the films and do episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, and such. So every month, you'll get a new one of these if you support us at $1 a month. So, um, and, and like I said, uh, on top of that, eventually we'll have, when, when our Patreon goals are reached, we'll have commentaries for the film. Um, and right now, also, if uh, you join us on Patreon, uh, which if you f- support us, you'll be following us as well. But if you just follow us, um, then you'll also get a- access to our weekly resistance video reviews. Um, we'll be having our first one of those up later this week. Uh, where we watched the first three episodes of Resistance and uh, put up a video of our thoughts and initial reactions. Um, also have a couple of comic blog reviews up on Patreon now that you can check out. And as series come out and go on, we'll review those. Um, we also uh, recorded our first video for our Star Wars Adventures um, series on Patreon which is a time when we sit down and just talk about something Star Wars related that we did. Um, that episode is about our tr- most recent trip to Disney and our run-ins with Star Wars there, as well as um, a Star Wars local event that we did this past weekend. Um, so just be patient with us. Hopefully, by the time you're, this is meeting your ears, it will be on Patreon. Um, we're new to YouTube and video stuff. It's a lot different than working with audio. Yes. So we're working on it. Um, if we just act, we beseech your patience, please. So, um, but yeah. Um, and those are some things that are available to everyone. The exclusives will be the 10 things we love about series, which like I said, next month is about the Phantom Menace, um, the episode commentaries as we reach goals. And then we'll also be doing monthly giveaways on Patreon for our patrons. Uh, once we reach five patrons, then um, we'll begin doing that. And so you'll get various things from maybe a Funko Pop, a book, a T-shirt. We'll get yeah. all kinds of cool. We'll have, we'll have um, some fun stuff each month to give away. Um, and we're also going to be adding in live streams and hangouts at some point on Patreon. So clearly quite a lot of cool extra content. Um, for you if you connect with us over there. Um, Like I said, if you just want to follow us there, there's goodies for you for that. If you want to support us at a dollar a month, there's plenty of goodies for that as well. Um, You know, and you can rest assured knowing that your dollar a month goes to creating all of that extra content as well as all the content we already do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So head on over there, check us out, and consider giving and supporting. A little bit can go a long way. We say it every week. We say it every episode, but it's absolutely true. A little bit can go a long way. Send um, our cats to college. Yes, hashtag send our cats to college. Um, other than that, uh, you know, the usual stuff. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Like I said, we want to hear your favorite things about the Clone War series. It could be just one th- simple thing. You liked R2-D2. That's fine. Uh, but we want to hear about it. Um let us know. 
and uh, did I say Facebook and Twitter? I think so. I think so. I think so. We're, well, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I recently shared our YouTube channel um, that we just set up uh, that you can follow us on as well. Or like, comment, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> well, we don't have anything to like, comment, and subscribe yet. Like, but comment, and subscribe. Um, we will be uh, beginning to put things there. Um, yes. Uh, and so you'll start to see us kind of branch out more as we get comfortable with uh, video content. So you can go ahead and subscribe. That way, when we do begin putting things up, you're there and ready for it. Um, if we do any random um, streams or uh, videos, uh, that's where they'll they'll end up um, if they're outside of our usual Patreon stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that be it. That are it. Captain. That are it. So. Again, hopefully you enjoyed this. It's new, it's different, um, and... It's spicy. Yeah. It's it's super spicy. Um, and so, so spicy, we had to make it exclusive. Ooh, so squicive. <laughs> so squicive. All right, well, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I have been your barely English spinking, spinking herd mom, <laughs> Megan, help. So special. And, uh... This has been another one of our main shows, which means we're close to closing out yet another week of podcasting. Thank you guys for always listening and putting us in your ears every day and supporting us and interacting with us. We love you guys and hope that you, in the meantime, stay scruffy and may the force be with you. One very, very last thing. You can't. You can't. No. I said the the closing thing. The name of Poe and Finn is Storm Pilot. I just found that out. What? Yeah. I saw it come up on my Pinterest. Storm pilot? Yeah. Keep it scrubbing. Is that canon? No. That's what the ship... It's the internet, John. I need to look that up. Now you've just... No. No. Don't Google it. Oh my gosh. Don't Google it. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Well, on that wacky note... My creepy, creepy note. You guys enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.